0: Hello! It's another spooky Sunday and we're here to tell you tales.
1: I feel like ever since learning that our ghost interferes with other phantoms, other listeners, by way of introducing them by hijacking (laughs) car stereos or even the, the ghosts, the spirits that are inside of haunted dolls listening, I feel like now we have to say hello to... All of our living and dead listeners. Of Hello course. There. Hello. We welcome all of you here. Whoever you are, whatever you whatever are. Whatever you are. So long as you're listening and you're having fun and you're being kind, we will welcome you.
0: Maybe we should have like a moment of like silence right here so that our ghost can interfere with the podcast real quick and just like change the radio or do something. Here's your moment, ghost. We
1: got beatbox.
0: Yeah. Here's your moment. I really hope something happens.
1: Me too. I think, I don't think I paused for that long, but I really do hope something happens. No, but, but here's the thing is it doesn't happen on our end. I know. Sometimes it does. Well, sometimes there are, there are things, but most of the emails we get now are like weird things that happen on other people's end. Things change, things glitch, things pop up. Yeah. I may have a few stories like that for today. Oh, okay. All right. Well, this is two girls, one ghost.
0: Two girls, one ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne. Hey. And I'm Sabrina. And this is an Encounters episode where we read your emails, your scary ghost stories, sometimes heartwarming, sometimes sad, sometimes they're aliens, or Bigfoot, or cryptids, or I don't know, the strange and unusual, which we love. Mm-hmm. And we just read them back to you and have the best time ever because what else do you want to do on a Sunday?
1: Nothing. Nothing. That's all I want to do. It's purely
0: my favorite activity.
1: <laughs> It's Spooky Sunday. Scary. It the is. scary Sundays are literally less scary with us. Yeah, because but more it's a scary. different type of scary. It's a different type of scary. It distracts you. Don't even think about what you have to do tomorrow. Just hang out with us for a little bit. And Don't worry. After listening to this, you won't even sleep, so it will be one long day. Right. And are things that you have to do tomorrow really that important when you could be dealing with other things like demons haunting you? and? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It puts Priorities. it into perspective, right?
0: Priorities demons come first demons Zaragul's best friend
1: <laughs> I think that's a that's the title of one of our episodes. I swear it is. I believe it, but i I laughed as if it was the first time I've ever heard it <laughs> because it can be the first time. I feel like you can hear the same thing over and over, but it still be the first time ever hearing it because your memory has let go of that. so it is the first time that your brain is real yeah. I'm not making sense. Except for our very first podcast episode. I will never re-listen to that and be happy. (laughs) I'm not listening to the first 11. I'm starting at 12 and on.
0: Yeah. Remember when we were in the car with Marissa and we put our podcast on and we listened to it in slow?
1: (sighs) Oh. But it was so funny. We were dying of laughter. We were going to the Bell Witch Cave in Tennessee and we were like, let's remind ourselves of everything that's happening. So we put on that episode And I put it on one and a half times speed. Yeah. And then Marissa was like, this is way too fast. And I was like, well, I can't listen to us at normal speed because it's just, I don't know, it hurts me. I feel like we talk so slow because I'm so used to listening to every single podcast on one and a half. Yeah. So we compromised with 0.5 speed. So if anyone hasn't experienced 0.5 speed out there. Just put it on. Just put it on for a few
0: minutes, especially our earlier day episodes, because I think we were just nervous and giddy, and so when you put it on slow mo, slow slow mo, even though it's not slow mo, but anyway, when you put it on slow mode, it sounds like we're drunk, and it is
1: hysterical. (laughs) It's so it really is. Honestly, we probably sound (laughs) drunk right now, and
0: (laughs) that's probably true. Oh, horrifying! Uh, That's
1: another Sunday scary. Activity to do Sunday scary. Sometimes I'm really in this space too right now where I'm horrified with myself. You know how like you can just go through waves of being of being super confident and being like I don't care. Like sticks and stones may break my bones, whatever. And then there's other. No, I don't know that feeling. <laughs> oh. I, I I hope to one day. Sometimes <laughs> there's certain days where I'm like, yeah, I'm freaking great. And then Feeling yourself. I'm on a day right now where I'm annoyed with myself. So it's not a good day to record because I'm like, ugh, I just so remind myself of like Lola from Big Mouth. Those are the vibes I'm giving myself oh. right now. I'm <laughs> just like, oh God, I'm so annoyed with myself. Just mwah, mwah. well, I like hearing your voice
0: Thanks. more than I like hearing mine. So I, <laughs> I'm glad you're here. <laughs> we're here together. And we're gonna tell you your ghost stories. Okay, well. I feel like I often now – I've been saying, like, let me go first because you always go first, so I don't really know who goes first But uh, Why
1: don't I just I – can, I can start us off with Please. one. Okay. This is from Renata. Hey, girls. I found the podcast about a week ago, and I am about 50 episodes in. <laughs> oh, power hour. I wanted to send wow. a quick note, and I'll write more later, but my kid has commandeered my laptop, so it's phone <laughs> typing for now. I'm a witch. I believe I was born as one because of things that I could do and would do as a child. It wasn't until much later that I started reading about it and discovered this. I've always had premonitions such as a death in the family coming, bad people giving off vibes, and even had a severe panic attack when one of my friends and I were going to visit an air and space museum the week before 9-11. I've always known things that no one told me and been able to care for sick and injured animals without them reacting poorly. I also believe that I've been a witch since birth because I know at least one of my past lives. Baby witch! (gasps) Baby witch. <gasps> baby witch. Baby witch. Baby <laughs>
0: witch, witch witch. We witch, found witch, her. Baby
1: witch. Let's get rid of baby shark and, and swap it in. <gasps> we commandeered that, <laughs> yes we did. When I was in college, I started having a terrible nightmare, always the same one, and it would end about in the same place. I'm not going to tell you the whole thing because honestly, it's too horrible, but it involved tortured and dying children that I was trying to save in a Celtic village. I was priestess or head witch. Someone who had healing powers, and I used it to help others. This dream happened almost every night for months, and finally I happened to be in a chat room, throwback to Yahoo Chat, and a few Hmm. of us were talking about reincarnation, and a guy private messaged me. We started talking privately, and I began explaining my dream to him, and he finished the story. He was a soldier on the other side tasked with destroying the village, and every single detail he gave me was correct, the age, the place, even the horrific way that the children were being killed. After talking to him for hours, I never heard from him again. Oh, Jules. I also have never had that dream again. Whoa. As if my soul was trying desperately to show me where my abilities came from, but wasn't getting it. I'll write again telling you about the haunted house that I grew up in, the places that I've lived in after that that were also haunted, and a much too vindictive-to-be-angel-being thing that is protecting me. Huh. Peace and love, Renata. Wow. I'm
0: so fascinated I mean, there's so many little tidbits in this. But it's incredible that this random person in a Yahoo chat was the answer to the questions that she's been looking for about a past life. And, like, she stopped having those nightmares and dreams after talking to him.
1: Mm. That's what I find so interesting. And it actually reminds me a bit of your dad and some Mm. of the things that he's gone through and the sleep talking and whatnot. Because I feel like we so often – and when I say we, I just mean like the entire community that talks about the paranormal. Yeah. It's it's often that we attribute a restless soul with a soul that's already passed on, mm-hmm. that is not inhabiting a physical body here. But it's so interesting to think that part of your soul can be restless in your living body and is trying to find answers. And yeah, it's – clearly, it happened to Renata. Right. And her soul is finally like, yes, all right, we got it. Closure. And it reminds me – two of many lives many masters by brian weiss Mm -hmm. i've always always finding a a reason and time to reference it but if you haven't read that book yet please people read it (laughs) me included i'm so sorry yeah no it's okay but that was people's phobias and and getting to correct their phobias or understand and come to peace with their phobias by understanding where they came from in a past life wow it's also, let's note, this is a horrible thing that obviously happened. Right. Because it's not just a nightmare. If someone else was able to recite exactly what happened in all of the same details, sounds like this truly did happen. I do
0: wonder if because it's such a historical, I mean, I guess it's hard to pinpoint like where exactly it mm-hmm. happened and like the time, but I do wonder if there would be some way to find the history of this. I mean, granted- I don't know if Renata would want to do that because I feel like she stopped having those nightmares, and maybe this is just my fascination. <laughs> so now,
1: now I want to do that, but yeah, it's so fascinating. So she said it was a Celtic, yeah. And so I wonder if she was wa- if she went and visited and like walked around the land oh, in that God. area in that region, if all of the memories would be flooding back, come flooding back.
0: Whoa, mm-hmm.
1: okay, but that might yeah. be really
0: tough. So I don't know. I don't know that I, yeah. Very
1: overwhelming, I'm sure.
0: But I do really want to know about this vindictive, protective, not angel entity, because it kind of reminds me of those emails we've gotten
1: from a few people of like their protectors called chaos. hmm It's like, yeah, where it's just, it's unexplainable. It's like something else. Is this, is this some sort of entity? Is this some sort of terrestrial alien being that can be in other planes and somehow communicate? Like. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't fit the mold of uh what we view as like a guardian. And, yes. And when I say guardian angel, I think you and I, since we were raised in more Catholic households, yeah, have one version of what that would look like in our right in our minds. Right. Yeah. Or like hellhounds. Our version of hellhounds. <laughs> where hell, we made oh them, right. I was like, wait, I made made them hell, nice.
0: Oh yeah, because hellhounds can be good or bad. I talked about this last week and how I almost forgot. <laughs>
1: I was like, what are hellhounds? That's like I was talking about Lake Geneva with my mom. And I was like, it's in Illinois. And she was like, I'm pretty sure it's in Wisconsin. I was like, no, it's in Illinois. And we look it up. It's in Wisconsin. And I was like, wait a second. I just <laughs> oh, talked my about gosh. Lake Geneva five days <laughs> ago. How do I not remember? Oh, boy. Here we are. Here okay, we are. what do you have
0: to read? I have one from Katie, and it is called The Ghost from TGOG Entered Our Home. Mm. Hello, Ghoulies, Leia, and Ghost. I am writing to say that I may have cost you a listener because of your podcast being haunted. But first, <laughs> I'll say I love y'all's podcast. Huge fan, and I've been listening for years. I tell a lot of friends about your podcast and that they have to listen because it's so good. However, there was one time that I told someone to stop listening because I am pretty sure that listening to your podcast caused our house to be haunted. My girlfriend started listening to the podcast due to constant persistence that she will love it, and that since I loved it so much, that she would too. So we started listening, and weird shit started happening in our home. The first strange thing that I started noticing was our motion-censored nightlight kept being triggered when no one was around. We have this nightlight that is in our hallway area that leads to the den. You can see the dim glow of the light from our bedroom when the doors open. Well, after my girlfriend started listening to y'all's podcast and we were talking about one of the episodes, I noticed the nightlight's motion sensor set off when we were both in the bedroom and our dogs were in the room with us. The nightlight has a very dim glow at all times, but when it senses motion nearby, it brightens. I noticed the light brightening even when no one was around. It did it a couple of nights in a row, and I just chalked it up to a glitch and ignored it. But then the second thing that happened was our TV would turn on by itself. I came home from work, and I noticed on two separate occasions our TV was on when neither me or my girlfriend had turned it on before leaving for work. I told myself that the dogs must have done it, but they have never done anything like that before in the years that we have had them. The third thing was one night I was lying in bed falling asleep when I felt a tug on my blanket around my waist area. My girlfriend was asleep on one side of me, and the tug came from the opposite side, which is the side of the bed that I get in and out of. The tug I felt was like when a kid comes up to you and tugs at your shirt. It was a quick pull down of the blanket and then a release. Again, I tried to blame it on one of my dogs who likes to sleep in the bed, but then I realized that she already was in the bed and my other dog was laying in the hallway snoring loudly. I again ignored it because I didn't want to deal with whatever that was in the middle of the night and again tried to make the dogs the scapegoat. Also, while all of this was happening, I didn't mention any of it to my girlfriend. I just kept thinking everything was the dogs, even though in my mind I knew it wasn't actually them. So then the final straw for me was when my girlfriend said that she heard a voice in the house. Twice. She was taking a nap one afternoon and I had taken one of our dogs to the groomer's And she said that she was falling asleep when she heard a voice in our kitchen saying something about shopping bags. Why shopping bags? I have no idea. She got up thinking it was me, that I had gotten home and was on the phone or something. But when she got into the kitchen, I was not there. So she laid back down thinking maybe she had a dream or something. Well, a bit later, she said she heard someone in our room say, Cindy, really loudly and very clear. She said she shot up out of bed and ran into the other room. We don't know anyone named Cindy, and as soon as I got home, she told me what had happened, and that is when I filled her in on all the things that I started noticing. Y'all say all the time to trust your animals, but I swear our heathens were in cahoots with the ghost or whatever presence was in our house. They were not reacting to anything. I could tell that they weren't threatened by whatever presence was in our house, but still, zero reaction. Come on, puppers, give us something. Well. (laughs) After everything that had happened, I was like, we have to sage the house. So we saged and cleansed the home. And while we were saging the house, we were talking about where this presence could have come from. I work in healthcare. So at first we thought maybe someone had passed and followed me home, but that had never happened before. And I've worked in healthcare for years. The only new thing that was added to our lives that we could think of was that my girlfriend had recently started listening to your podcast.
1: Oh, great. (laughs) So this is
0: my theory. I think that the ghost that haunts your podcast made its way into our home because now two of us were listening to y'all's podcast, and that was just too much for our house to handle. To test this theory, after saging the house, I suggested that my girlfriend stop listening to your podcast to see if that did anything. So I'm not sure if it was the saging or her stopping listening to your podcast, but whatever presence that was in our house is now gone. I'm also nervous to see which one worked. If it was the combo of the two things or just the saging alone, but I don't really want to test it and see. Honestly, it's more of me blaming podcast ghosts and my girlfriend saying weird things happen. Sorry, ghost, but I'm having you take the fall on this one. I'm cool with the supernatural beings for real, just not in my home. That's my safe space. I would love to see one out in the world or in someone else's home, just not mine. So to sum it all up, I am sorry, but you have potentially lost a listener because of your podcast being haunted and me being a scaredy <laughs> cat. Because I started listening to y'all first, I get to keep listening to the podcast.
1: I was just going to say, wait, but does she, is she still listening? I'm <laughs> just tell her friend, you can't do this anymore, but I'm still going to do it. Katie! Oh.
0: <laughs> I have thought about maybe I take a break from listening for a bit and then I can have my girlfriend listen and then we switch back. But I don't know. Maybe that will be too risky. Y'all be haunted. <laughs> Stay spooky, Katie. Uh, and she posted a picture. This is of... So funny. <laughs> there's a picture of her dogs too. I'm crying, <laughs> Katie. She begs her, and I
1: think probably likes it because she keeps listening. Now, no, now she can't. Listen. <laughs> um. Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> it's not even a mean haunting. It seems it's kind of nice. It's so nice. I mean, our dogs aren't reacting.
0: (laughs) Oh, gosh. Katie, you and your girlfriend can keep listening. We'll tell our ghost to chill. (laughs) We can't. We
1: can't be the reason for a breakup. Oh man. Oh
0: my gosh.
1: The ghost is just like saying people's names like Cindy adding a little energy to emotion censored light. Yeah. And they're like, Nope, you can't listen to the (laughs) podcast anymore.
0: Maybe you just don't listen in the house. Maybe listen you both can listen, just do it outside
1: of the house. Why don't you guys go on walks together? Oh, that's such a good (laughs) And listen to it on out loud. (laughs) Out loud. On out loud.
0: It's actually a setting. It's it's like point five or one
1: point five. It's like s- slow mo on slow.
0: I think we've lost it. This episode, if you do listen on slow, it will for sure sound like we're drunk. Um, it does. I do wonder if um because you were listening in the house, both of you, if um if there was. I
1: you just take a drink of water <laughs> yes and i have the giggles because you're smiling and it's making me laugh
0: <laughs> sorry i'm having a,
1: good time. <laughs> sorry having a good time oh god i literally oh. said at the top of this episode that i annoy myself and now i'm gonna go ahead and annoy every person who listens to this episode
0: it's both of us oh gosh katie what have you done to us <laughs> Oh, man. throws over the edge. Fine. We can't read any more of Kitty's emails after this.
1: (laughs) We're only going to read her girlfriend's emails.
0: (laughs) Payback. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I forget what I was saying. Oh, I was saying that I feel like it's possible that maybe there was always a ghost in their house, but they just kept to themselves. And because they started listening to the podcast, maybe whoever – this ghost is, likes the podcast, and also because they are listening to the podcast, realized, oh, the people who live in this house believe in me, so I'm going to make myself
1: known. Yeah, it was a confidence boost. Yeah. They were like, oh, finally, I feel comfortable at home. Wow. Which is kind of sad now that they're like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get it. It's okay to be
0: scared, but. Totally. Because also, like, you don't, if you open one door, what, who
1: else is coming through it, you know? Yes. And I think there's a very big difference, too, between a light flickering and a very clear, audible voice yeah. saying yeah. a word. Yeah. Then that's really spooky. I've heard that before, and it really freaked me yeah. out.
0: And the tug. The tug is scary, too. hmm Yes. Yeah. I should have put deodorant on before we recorded. I didn't know I'd be, like, laughing myself to sweat.
1: It's sweaty. Sweaty and stinky. Stinky and sweaty and spooky. The three S's. (laughs) Hey spooky ladies, my name is Jerry and I've been listening to the podcast for about two years. You guys are my favorite show and I look forward to Monday morning so I can listen to a new episode. Let's dive right in because this is so long. I am currently the office manager at a locally owned virtual reception company and we recently hired one of my longtime best friends that I've known since junior year of high school. So we've known each other for seven years. And for the... For the sake of her privacy, I'm going to call her M. So this story starts in July and includes two other girls. One girl we'll call K and the other girl I used to work with and we'll call her S. So three girls in total. So we have – recap for everybody. We have M and then we have K and S. Great. July. I was hanging out with my friend K during the summer and we had bought kiddie pools and stuff to make Moscow mules. God, that sounds That nice. sounds amazing. We'd been sitting there catching up on life when she mentioned her grandpa and how she wished that he was dead. Long list of family drama there. We sat there talking about that for close to an hour, and I remember telling her, sounds like it's for the best. I will be thinking about it. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. Oh my gosh. <laughs> more Morbid conversations in this yeah. kiddie pool. The very next day, Kay called to let me know that her grandpa had passed away last night. It wasn't the same grandpa we had been talking about, so it was really eerie. In August, a former employee, S, had been talking about wanting to get pregnant with her second child. She would always joke with me that I could manifest whatever I wanted and seemed to get my way most of the time. And after S told me that she was trying for her second child, she jokingly told me to manifest her pregnancy and to help her. So weirdly, I did end up thinking about it quite a lot. And I didn't think too far into it, but it just kind of kept popping into my head. And sure enough, about two or three weeks later, S happily told me that she was expecting her second child. She had taken a test that morning and gotten a positive. Currently, it's February twenty twenty one, and she's having a baby girl. Oh! A few weeks back, maybe a few months ago, I can't remember when you released the episode where you guys spoke about the Hat Man. M and I have always been close. Even when she moved across state, and we stayed extremely close, and I ended up moving to be closer to her. So naturally, now that she's in my office every day with me, I wanted to have her desk close to mine so that we could talk. Of course, I set her space up right in front of me so that we can chat during slow times. <laughs> I just listened to the episode where you guys were talking about the hat man, and I've never heard it before, so I had to look up some stories online. It was a Monday, and I was working, and in between tasks, I was reading posts from an online forum where it was only Hatman stories. I didn't say anything to anyone all day, but I kept going back to the pages and was reading. And on Thursday of that same week, Em told me that she had the weirdest dream on Monday night. It was one of those dreams where you wake up inside the dream, but you are really still sleeping. She was sleeping in her room, and in the dream, the tarp that sometimes flaps against her window wasn't covering it. Em told me that she was looking out the window, trying to see if the tarp was still attached or if the wind had blew it off. And she found herself unable to move and said that all of a sudden in the window, there was a shadow of a man with a top hat in the window. The dream stayed like that for a while. Her laying there, unable to move, just watching the shadow of a man. She said she finally woke up and she saw that the real life room and window was exactly as it had been before she went to bed. At this point, I was shocked at how crazy this had been. I hadn't said anything to anyone about it. I pulled up my search history, and I showed Em that on Monday I'd been looking at that. We were losing it. It was just so creepy. We spoke about it for a little while, and I told her all of the other stories. Em and I have been into spooky slash ghosty stuff, and and we even dabble in tarot together and basic cleansing spells. We even had a paranormal experience at her old home, and... This was all too much to brush off as a coincidence. So last week, Em and I were sitting at our desks talking, and she said, Man, I've had Enchanted by Taylor Swift stuck in my head all day. Then I opened up my Spotify, and the song I had just been listening to, and most recently saved, was that same song. <laughs> and then on Saturday night, I had K over for a girls' night, and I was telling her all of the most recent happenings with M and the song that week And my boyfriend walked into the room while I was telling her, and so I explained all of the stories to him, too. My first thought was, maybe I'm manifesting these bad things. And he told me that he believes some people are just more connected to their friends. Maybe you're helping them in a weird way. Aww. So today, on February 22nd, Em and I are sitting at our desks working. I wanted to tell her the story of what my boyfriend had said because I knew that she would love that. And I have one of those desks that where you can turn to sit slash stand with button panels on the side. Oh, I just got one of those. They're amazing. I was putting my desk down so we could look at each other and started making some jokes about Hatman and us being connected. I put the desk all the way down and then I took my hand off. And as soon as I took my hand off the panel of the desk, it started going back up and it wouldn't stop. I honestly freaked out a little bit and I threw my hands in the air, half yelling, I'm not touching it. I'm not touching it. <laughs> Em thankfully saw it all happen and was just as shocked as I was. Had she not seen it, I would have thought that I was just overtired from how busy we've been. I'm not entirely sure what has been going on or if it's paranormal, but I thought it was just weird enough to tell you guys what happened. Thanks again for all you guys do. Keep up the good work and see you on the other side. Jerry Rose. I love it. Two Two first names. Jerry Rose. Oh, wow. I
0: feel like I would agree that Jerry Rose is very connected to – their friends. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, maybe she's, maybe Jerry Rose is creating these things to, and causing them to happen. But I almost think it's more like they as friends are so connected with one another that even though yes. it was M who saw the hat man. Yeah. Even though, like, M had never really heard of the hat man or had no idea that, that Jerry Rose was looking at the hat man, there
1: was some, like, connection yeah. in their minds. And it just was shared. It's almost premature premonition like but it's what's interesting is that the other friends are bringing it up as well like s bringing up the fact that she wanted a baby to and to be pregnant Mm -hmm. that one's amazing yeah i feel like it was just everybody kind of willing it into the world and there was so much just like support and energy maybe or maybe she just maybe she was already pregnant and it was just the and she didn't know right or they were just actively trying and so then you know it's all happened it's just like there there's just so many coincidences to the point where it doesn't feel necessarily like a coincidence anymore you know right coincidences
0: i feel like are the universe talking to us so Mm -hmm. don't ignore them no way the hat man too i think that's proof that's how is that a coincidence i also wonder if similar to the story of the shaky man how Our listener who sent us that story was like, anyone who hears a story then sees a shaken man. So I wonder if the hat man knows when people are looking into them. And so the hat man, instead of going directly to Jerry Rose, is like, I'm going to go to your friend and,
1: like, make sure the story gets back to you as a more, like, ominous, haunting thing. Or what if it's just attracted to the energy, doesn't actually identify who specifically in a household has – looks them up or or thought about them mm-hmm. it's just attracted to a certain energetic space and because she was doing it at work and right across from M what if right what if that some of that energy just like left home with M or the hatman maybe was standing right behind Jerry Rose <laughs> and oh was my gosh the whole time like, i don't know i'll go home with one of them i'll go home with one <laughs> of them <gasps>
0: scary <laughs> really creepy I don't like to think of it that way, oh. yeah, hat man, you spooky, you spooky bitch. Wow. well, Jerry Rose, it sounds like this is something you'll continue to experience with your I friends. Like the powers are increasing. What do we? okay, well, okay, let's test this out. What do we want to manifest? And what do we want Jerry Rose to manifest for us? And let's see if it comes to fruition. Oh, man.
1: This is, this is like what, what on my bucket list or, or my hopes and dreams do I want to come true? Okay. But it has to be
0: something for both of oh, us.
1: Oh, I thought we were giving individual wishes.
0: Well, we could, I guess. <laughs> no, we can do it together. We can do it together. I feel like we should just do one yeah, thing. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. First thought was, of course, lottery because you talk about it all the time. Second thought was
1: that we blow up and hit number one on iTunes comedy chart. That's Here, why don't we give options to Jerry Rose and she can choose which one she wants for us. Okay. So amazing numbers on the iTunes chart. Okay. Some big- All of our listeners rate and review us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> big lottery win. Doesn't have to be the main Powerball, but just like significant where we're like, whoa, man, mm. that paid my rent for the, mo- for the year. <laughs> or or uh, a book opportunity where we get to write Ooh. Baby Witch- Okay. Okay. So we want a lot of things.
0: So, but I think that's enough. (laughs) Let's put those out there. Jerry Rose, you pick one that you want to manifest. Wait, this is actually kind of fun because we won't know which one she manifests. And then if something comes to fruition in the next few weeks or months, then we'll be like, Jerry Rose, Jerry Rose, you did it again. (laughs) We'll give an honorable mention and whatever dedication thing happens. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. I like this. This is great. This is
0: fun. Okay. Uh, I have a story that is called My Mom's Demon Doppelganger and Slash My Dad Found Me. So we have, you know, a scary one and a heartwarming one. Hello, ladies. My name is Shelby, and I have been binging TGOG since I found it a week ago, and I'm quickly catching up. This was a while back. So Uh, I love this podcast for so many reasons, but mostly because it's nice to be surrounded by people that don't think you're crazy and actually want to hear others' paranormal experiences. Yes, we do. I have two stories that I would like to share with you. The first one is really spooky, and the second one was emotional for me and heartwarming. The spooky one. This story begins when I was in high school. I was a junior at the time, and those days I was conjoined at the hip with my BFF, Jess. We stayed at my house mostly because I lived in the city, and we could walk to the park that was near my house. So one day, we got to my house after school, and we were just sitting in the living room talking about God knows what, haha, teenage girl stuff, I suppose. And my mom was upstairs taking a shower. So at any time, I expected her to be walking down to chill in the living room with us. So while me and Jess are talking, we both see my mom walk down and turn into the kitchen. I remember asking a question, but she wasn't responding. She kept walking through to the kitchen to the back of our house until she reached the bathroom and closed the door. And this whole time, I followed behind her saying, Mom, hello, why are you ignoring me? And when she entered the bathroom and closed the door, I was a little confused and offended that she was just ignoring me because it seemed super weird, so I knocked on the door a few times, but there was no answer. Finally, I said screw it and opened the bathroom door to find it empty. I was a bit in shock when I quickly went back to my friend Jess and said that whatever that was, it was not my mom. Just as I said that, my mom, real mom, walked down the stairs. She asked, what's wrong with you guys? You look like you just saw a ghost. Little did she know, whatever we saw was not a ghost. I explained everything to her and she said, try not to show fear because it draws off that energy. She said she had a bad Ouija board experience as a young adult and ever since then, she has had an evil presence follow her. I've also had so many paranormal encounters growing up that I can say without a doubt something is or at least was attached to my mom. She would have extreme night terrors and often see shadow people or columns of smoke billowing in the corner of her room. I would often hear her say my name from other rooms, and when I went to ask what she wanted, it was almost never her saying my name. With all of this, I've also had many experiences that weren't evil and were actually kind of nice. My mom was a cat lady. Sabrina knows what's up. (laughs) And we practically had a pet cemetery because we had so many cats over the years. I used to see a white kitty that would walk around my room, and many of my friends would see it too. Anyway, that's one of my spooky experiences. And now, this is the heartwarming one. So this experience happened in November of 2020. My dad passed away at 52 on November 5th. His birthday was the 29th of November, and he almost made it. He was suffering from COPD and also developed pneumonia, which caused his lungs to fail because all of the stress his body was going through. He was in the ICU for a week before he passed. I've always been so close to my dad and mom for that matter. They are seriously my two best friends in the whole world. My dad called me his Dottie, short for daughter, and my parents have a literal hallmark love story that I could hear over and over and never get tired of. They both ran away from their homes at the age of 18 to get away from everything and just experience life. My dad worked at a gas station and my mom happened to stop there to get fuel and snacks. According to them, it was love at first sight. That night, my dad asked her to come hang out in his tent, because that's where he was living, lol, and she agreed. Thank God he wasn't a psycho murderer, because what the fuck, Mom? They hung out with his friends, (laughs) and he said to them that he knows that this is the woman he will marry someday. And about six months later, he was right, and they were already pregnant with my brother. That's basically the short version for you all. But they were married for almost 32 years and would have been a lot more, but this tragedy occurred. The whole family and some of our close friends stood at his bedside until he took his last breath. Literally, it was the hardest, most painful thing I've yet to experience. But before he passed, I hugged his head and asked him to please find me. I told him I wanted to know that wherever he was that he is okay, and I told him that I will miss him so much. I'm currently sobbing, sorry if there are typos. Anyway, while he was in the ICU, they had him on oxygen, so he had a face mask thing that he was wearing. The mask had a strap that goes over his head and it kept slipping. My dad was getting frustrated because every time it would slip, it would be uncomfortable. So I kept adjusting it for him and holding it in place. When he came off the oxygen, this nurse came in and took the mask with them, including the strap. So I know nobody in my family did this. Fast forward to the day after he passed. I was taking out a 12-pack of Dr. Pepper from the backseat of my car. It was my dad's most favorite soda and he drank like six before he passed because he was so thirsty. So I picked it up and noticed that underneath was a strap of some sort. I looked at it and realized it was the strap from the oxygen mask that the nurse had taken away with him. I was so confused, but I felt a sense of comfort and then I could smell his cologne, which I still do from time to time. And I knew it was his way of saying that it was okay. I asked my dad to find me and I believe he did. Oh, also my grandma, his mom, passed away about 12 hours before he did. She had very advanced bone cancer, and when he died, he had no idea that his mom had already passed away. But I swear that as he was taking his final breaths, you could see it in his eyes. He was almost confused, but then seemed happy. I think his mom was coming to get him. Anyway, that's my story. I hope you ladies enjoyed these, and I have several more stories as I've been dealing with the paranormal since I can remember. Hope y'all have a great day, and keep up this amazing podcast, Shelby.
1: Gosh, we started out laughing, and now I'm going to bawl my eyes out. So heartbreaking. Wow. Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss. This Truly, is horrible. Truly, yeah. And as someone who has had a relative with COPD, I understand the pain and difficulty of, of seeing someone go through that. Ugh, so sad. But oh, I'm just so glad that his mom got to get I him. I know.
0: Oh, my gosh. that That's such a beautiful thing to think that as he was leaving this world, his mom was there to lead him into the next.
1: Yeah, Ugh. and it makes me—I'm very curious about her experience when she passed and crossed over because it seemed—I would assume that she was probably met by someone else that was like, "Why don't we wait for a few yeah. more hours?" Ugh. There's someone else that I think you—you you want to come yeah. with you here? And she probably was like, in, her
0: her spirit was probably in the room the whole time before he was passing away. Yeah. What
1: if? What if it was the grandmother who put the strap under <gasps> the?
0: Wow. Or, I mean, it could also have been her dad because she smelled his mm-hmm. cologne with it, you know, at the same time. Mm-hmm. True. True. Ugh. I love Left that she continues to smell his cologne
1: occasionally. That's really, really special. It really is. Wow. And I feel like it's, yeah, it's a wonderful way for someone who's passed over to let let their loved mm-hmm. ones know that they're near and they're around. Scents are incredibly powerful. Yes. Wow. Yeah, and they just transport you back to a certain place mm-hmm. with all the these nostalgia. memories and everything. Yeah. yeah, so I think... And it's also, it's not scary to come in contact with a with a smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. It's comforting for the most
0: part. Mm-hmm. I do, however, need wow. to know, Shelby, your mom's bad Ouija board experience because mm-hmm. clearly this has... Whatever happened has truly followed her for years. The fact that you... As growing up, experience secondhand hauntings because they were haunting your mom is
1: terrifying. (laughs) I know that is really scary. I bet her mom too, when pregnant, and or was it was it before her pregnancy? Do we know if it was before pregnancy or after? We don't know. I I can't remember. Oh, we don't know. But it does make me wonder if if there were times when Shelby's mom ever thought that her kid, our kids, would experience Mm. this, or if she thought it was just only her. Because I can, can you imagine the concern of a parent to realize that whatever was kind of tormenting you is now is now branching out and has well, discovered your children. I mean that's what's really terrifying is that the whatever
0: entity or entities are following Shelby's mom are had occasionally called Shelby's name from like other rooms and it was never her mm-hmm. mom and and almost impersonating her mom. So it does make me think that they are it's they are fascinated by Shelby and I hope 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 they don't it doesn't become like a familial thing and it's like a curse where Shelby gets
1: followed I know I'm curious about housing situation too like did did Shelby's family move from different locations and this thing follow them or is there a chance that it could be left behind when they make a move potentially in the future (sighs) I don't know I mean
0: I'm pretty sure Shelby wrote let me double check I think she said her mom had a bad Ouija board experience as a young adult, which makes oh. me think that it was before she had a family. I don't know. I'm making assumptions here. But, Shelby, we need to know more. I really hope it's more of like a taunting haunt than a active physical haunt, you know? hmm Because mm-hmm. everything's been pretty benign. I mean, it's scary for sure, but I don't think that we know from the context of this email it hasn't been harmful. Right. There are no scrapes and
1: marks and mattresses breathing and- ew i don't want a mattress that breathes it just sorry it's it's burned into my memory from watching the tv version of a haunting in connecticut back in like 2005 now it's me burned into my mind
0: from this podcast on <laughs> may 9th 2021
1: sorry <laughs> it was a very spooky scene but yeah i mean not to say that it couldn't get to that point so i think always Trust your gut, proceed with caution, protect yourself. Yeah. Because just because it's livable now doesn't mean that it's appropriate to have. Oh, what do you have next? All righty. Hey, my name is Joni, and I'm currently sitting in the dark in Texas because the power has been out for days. Oh my gosh, Joni, I hope you're okay in your house and neighborhood. I remember that. The power outage when that happened. Yeah, geez. Your podcasts are getting me through this time, and I am so appreciative of the effort and individual creativity that you both put into your podcast. I'm currently on Encounters 14, and I wanted to share my workplace paranormal experiences with you both. P.S. Your Rick Story and Black Eyed Children podcast (laughs) episode scarred me for life. (laughs) Us too. Yeah. It's three years later and we still talk about it. Anyways, so in 2015, I started working at a dog kennel on the countryside of town where the deer roam. There really isn't a lot. Of buildings, it's pretty rural. It wasn't long that I was working at the kennel that strange things started happening to me. I hadn't had a paranormal experience until one morning when I was at work by myself opening up to start the day. I was standing specifically by the refrigerator and I heard a man that sounded like a static radio voice say, "Joni." I looked over my shoulder and nothing was there. So I shrugged it off as just being six thirty am and me being tired. However, as I was walking into the feed room, mind you, all of my section doors were open. Think of that as a long hallway, like in The Conjuring, when the girl looks down the hallway and the nun is staring back at her. That was me. And a tall figure with piercing white eyes and just a black shadow of a figure is standing there, staring (gasps) back at me from the other end of the hallway. Being scared as shit because no one is supposed to be there at that time, I whipped out my phone and attempted to call my manager. But as soon as I looked at my phone and then looked back up, the figure was gone. Oh, when my manager came to my rescue, I explained to her that I would heard my name in someone standing in the groomer's room, and she asked me where I was standing. I showed her directly by the refrigerator. She paused for a moment, and she said, Joan, I've heard a little girl say my name in that exact spot. Yikes. A little girl. <gasps> a little girl, that's different than an old man, so either two different spirits or- Or it's a terrifying one- Demon. And ent- Yep, one entity <laughs> mimicking different voices. No. Oh. Chills, chills, chills. And then she writes, yikes. (laughs) Yikes is right. She then goes on to tell me how she's heard dog collars jingling when there's no dogs around, and that was the extent of her experiences. Flash forward two years later, I'm about to head off to college and I'm still working at the same kennel. Nothing as spooky has happened to me since, and it was... Easier to focus on my day and get my work done rather than being scared of the next thing that was going to happen to me. As I was cleaning the dog rooms, out of the corner of my eye, I see a black and white chihuahua make a break for it towards the back exit and around the corner towards the door. I drop what I'm doing. I run after it thinking, how the hell did it get out? And as I rounded the corner, there was nothing. No dog whatsoever. I go up to the front and I ask the store manager if we had a black and white chihuahua staying with us. We didn't. Even though we both had worked there for a couple years, we never brought up our experiences to the owners because we were scared that they would think we were crazy. After the Chihuahua incident, we finally mustered up the courage to tell them, and they were kind of confused about our stories, but they also believed them, and they said that they hadn't had any paranormal things happen to them specifically. They also said that they only knew from buying the property that a woman used to hoard animals there, and that's all they knew. We took all of that information with a grain of salt, and we went about our day not really having an answer for the things that happened. A few months later, we hired a 16-year-old girl. We were always on different shifts, so I didn't really talk to her much. But one day, we had the opportunity to close together, and the paranormal experiences topic came up. I told her about the dog getting loose and me chasing after it, and I'd never told her what kind of dog it was. After finishing my story, she goes, was it a black and white chihuahua? Shudders. She had also seen it running around that same section, but when she went to catch it, there was nothing there. It was comforting knowing that I wasn't the only one seeing things. Still, we had no answers. Fast forward to the present day. I'm currently working at the dog kennel again because I graduated and I'm trying to make some extra cash while Mm -hmm. I look for an adult job. It wasn't long before my new manager brought up my experiences that he had heard about. He actually took my place when I left. So he's been there for four years and he wanted to verify that they were true. I told him everything and I also told him that I just wanted to get to the bottom of why it was haunted and what happened there. Then he proceeds to tell me that his dad is Native American from a local tribe, and he said that the kennel is actually built on top of a Native burial ground. Whoa. After many years, I am thankful for clarity, and I do not have anything to be afraid of when working. Just knowing that there are other beings there with me while I'm working isn't too spooky. Thanks for reading my story, and hopefully I will see you on the other side. Joni. Wow. That's the most haunted dog kennel I've ever heard of. I know. And, two, it makes me feel bad for all of the dogs that are being kept mm-hmm. at the kennel. You know, someone goes away for vacation and they're like, oh, we'll be fine putting, putting a little potato in the kennel for five days. Potato. That will be fine. And then poor potato is there just being terrorized by all the spirits. He's it's haunted. The other ghost dogs that are entering his personal space. Okay,
0: but ghost dog is not terrible. Like, I think ghost dog is a fun haunting. Yeah. But whatever that entity is that called Joni's name and then appeared as a little girl
1: to Joni's manager. That does kind of feel like the same. The fact that there was the name said in the yeah. same spot makes – it definitely makes it feel like there was there's something there. Spooky. But the little chihuahua, that could have been from the house that had previously been there from the person that had been – animals, Right. It does sound
0: like if it is actually buried on a native burial ground, it's very possible that it's just there's a lot of energy and that the hauntings aren't necessarily related to the mm. beings who are buried there, but more just that, like, the energy that's in that space, similar to, you know, how the Stanley Hotel is built upon, like, quartz, mm-hmm. Like, it just might be a conductor to the paranormal, so maybe this negative entity's there, and then there are the ghosts of the chihuahua and maybe some other things that happened in the house before.
1: That's what I was thinking. But yikes. Well, it sounds, you know, if the my guess is that the owners don't spend a ton of time at the kennel if every employee there has essentially experienced something, but the owners haven't. Although her new manager, who's been there for four years, doesn't seem to have experienced anything either. That's true. Because he was asking her to validate, he was asking Joni to validate her experiences. Right, but that also could be that her new manager's closed off from it. True. True. Yeah. That 16-year-old got her first job. She's working at a <laughs> <Christopher Kino, laughs> haunted kennel chasing ghost dogs down. I mean, I don't know. Kind of fun. So fun. Honestly, that's the coolest. Like, to think back at what your very first job is, that's the coolest first job.
0: Yeah. Mine was – I was a well, – I had many jobs. But I was a babysitter, and then I was a soccer referee, and then I worked at an Italian restaurant. Wow. Time.
1: Good stuff. My first job was when I moved out to LA. I graduated high school early and moved out. And my very first job was being a back the an extra on the <sighs> set of The Amazing Spider Man with uh wow. Andrew Garfield or whatever his name is. Wow. That was my That's my first a job. Great first job. Honestly, that was the best job to have. Being an extra was so wonderful. If you are a college student and you're Poor, and you're around an area where they have a studio or a set, you get to choose what days you're available to work. They feed you all day long. <laughs> you get all of this food. it was amazing. I loved it that is nice I didn't love waking up at like three a m to go drive for a four thirty a m call time, but it yeah. was awesome, but that's the experience It's fun. it was fun, and you're sitting most of the day and eating so <laughs> it was pretty nice wait. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, I have a story from Jazz, and it's called, Aliens tried contacting me while listening to your podcast? Question mark. What? Sabrina, your dream. Are you already jealous? Well, do you know why I was drawn into this email? <laughs> Can you see it? Okay. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Jazz, and I'm a longtime listener from South Texas. I originally found your podcast through Spotify one day while driving back home to Corpus Christi from Austin, where I was attending film school. I would often start my four-hour venture home early in the morning and always appreciated listening to your podcast while doing so. It weirdly brought me comfort. I don't know. Anyways, as I've always told myself, I would write to y'all one day about my many paranormal experiences, but I just never did. However, after what happened this morning at work, I just needed to tell y'all, so here goes. I work as an operations associate at a music store, which means I have to get to work super early in the morning, way before the store opens. It's usually just me and my manager, so while we're both off doing our separate things in the warehouse, I'll listen to your podcasts through my AirPods. The warehouse itself is pretty big and quiet, so it's very eerie, which makes it the perfect place to listen to a paranormal podcast. Today started as normal, and while boxing up some packages, I slipped one AirPod into my right ear just in case my manager called for me, that I'd still be able to hear him. And since I do a lot of bending and reaching while organizing the warehouse, I often leave my phone on the shipment counter right next to me so it doesn't fall out of my back pocket. I was catching up on Encounters episodes and found myself on the most recent one, Encounters 110, and the first listener story was about UFOs and stuff. Getting towards the end of the story, I noticed the podcast stopped playing. Mind you, my phone was on the shipment desk and I didn't touch the little sensor in the AirPod to stop it. Then, all I heard was a faint static sound coming through my AirPod. Then, my AirPod disconnected and reconnected three times all in a row. As I was walking over to my phone to see what was happening, I got startled by the loud call tone like my phone was calling someone. When I grabbed my phone and looked, my phone was calling 911, and it had done it all on its own. I got connected to an operator, and still in shock, I just kept apologizing and telling her I had no idea how this happened because I didn't even touch my phone. She was very kind and understanding, and we said our goodbyes. I had straight chills all over for the rest of the day. It was just such an odd experience. At least to me, lol. After the call ended, my AirPods reconnected and started playing the podcast where it left off like nothing had happened. Both my phone and AirPods were fully charged, and they're both new and have never given me problems before. It was just strange, and I'm pretty sure the aliens from the story were trying to contact me, but why did they call 911? I'd love to hear theories on that. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed this weird story, and thank you so much for reading. I have so many more stories I want to write y'all about, like my grandparents' demonic house that I lived in as a child, but I'll save those for another day. I hope you're all staying healthy and safe, keep up the amazing work on the podcast. I really cannot tell you how many times it saved me from boredom, especially during my super long work days. Until next time, see you on the other
1: side, Jazz. I do wonder if Jazz said to the nine one one operator, "I think a ghost called you." <laughs> Can you imagine being an operator and being like, hey, "I got the strangest call today. Someone said that they didn't call me. The ghost did."
0: Yes, but as a nine one one operator, I imagine w- worse calls come in than that. Way
1: worse calls, <laughs> and way worse calls. calls that. But that one might that one might be a new one. The ghost called yeah. you. The ghost. And then, honestly, if someone said that, I'd be like, I send." I think maybe we should send just a little – someone to check on you. Send someone to check. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so weird because I do wonder – okay. It does make me think more ghost than alien, even though I want it to be alien because I love aliens. We're bonded for life. We have BFF bracelets. (laughs) More like only I have one. But I'll give the other one to them when they abduct me. But – um, it does make me think it's more ghost related, maybe our ghost. And you know how like when you can't get into someone's phone, it says like you gives you the option to make an emergency call if you can't, if you don't know the code. What if our ghost was trying to get into Jazz's <laughs> phone but couldn't and just needed Jazz to unlock the phone? And the only way to do that was to make a call and get Jazz's attention. And so the ghost called 911.
1: Or, or the ghost be. Because likely, whoever was in spirit form, maybe passed before smartphones were a thing, <laughs> didn't understand that you can't just have unlimited guesses in oh. the passcode. And it was just like, oh, dang it. Oops, I, what, I clicked Oops. on this wrong thing. Oh, no, she's going to – oh, no, it's beeping. It's ringing. Oh, no, what's happening? But then
0: just let it play out because it was like, no, see what what happens. What does Jazz do? Yeah, it could be
1: a ghost kid. Or what if it's like a cat? What if there's just a cat that's like pawing at the <laughs> – producing a little heat signature? I don't know. Endless possibilities. No. We don't really understand what happened. We don't know. I.
0: It is – it just reminds me of so many of our other listeners' experiences Well, like when they're listening to the podcast, something weird happens. And well, for like – the fact that her AirPod disconnected three – there was static, and then it disconnected three times, and then it called 911. Like, there mm-hmm. were a lot of – it does sound like someone or something was trying to do something with Jazz's phone.
1: There was big effort. Yes. Yeah. Things were going back and forth. You know what I'm happy to hear? I'm happy to hear that this was just – it just ends with it being a weird call. They don't understand exactly how it happened, and it wasn't in response to – Something bad happening to Jazz. Right. The other other thing was like, what if something was happening? And then the ghost was trying to call 911 Mm. to to help. But she's fine. So that's – I'm happy to hear that. that Okay. But uh, if that were to ever happen, cool ghost to have on your side. Very cool. And actually, our ghost – we've asked ghost before to help us get more listeners. And I think ghost is doing an amazing job of that. And I would like to add one more thing to the job description – Which is if our listeners are in danger, ghost, just try to get in the phone and call (gasps) for help.
0: Wait, I love that ghost. Okay, should we make a LinkedIn for our ghost? Because our ghost is really helpful and should be hired elsewhere. Literally, I believe unless ghost, you don't want to and you just want to work for us.
1: Just let us know, like whatever you're comfortable with. I mean, you're working for free.
0: We'll have like we'll sit down and discuss your job title and like a promotion or
1: something. So. Yeah. At this point, I think we're working for (laughs) ghosts. I don't think we're the bosses in this situation. We never were. No. There's always Ghost. (laughs) Oh, man. All right. I have one. Hey, Ghostesses. Greetings from gray old London. I have so many stories and have been meaning to write for so long, and now I have even more stories than when I originally intended to write. I will write more soon, hopefully. However, this story is not about me. This is a story about one of my good friends who has had some unbelievable experiences in her life trigger warning these stories contain content involving the holocaust and suicide to start we definitely believe that she has been reincarnated for her privacy i'm going to call her darcy for the first part the story's been told to us by her mom june as darcy was very young when it began so when darcy was about two to three years old she started to scream and cry in her sleep babbling mm-hmm. in a language that sounded nothing like english It should be said that no one in her family in living memory is anything other than the nationality of English, and they do not speak any other languages. This carried on all through her childhood, where her dreams became progressively more intriguing, and as she got older, around the age of eight, Darcy started relaying parts of her dreams to her family. These are all things that she does remember. In her dream, she was always the same little girl of about seven years old, and she always had her older sister of about ten and her mother and father. And Darcy doesn't have a sister, and her parents in the dream were definitely not her parents that she had in real life. They were simply her dreaming family. The dreams seemed to carry on where she left off every night, with snapshots of a lifetime lived in another place, another time. And she dreamt of her and her sister playing in the park on swings, and she dreamt of her and her father taking trips to the bakery, walking hand-in-hand down a busy European street. Then her dream took a more sinister turn. She dreamt of her and her family being rounded up by police forced to live in a dilapidated house with many others, then being stuck on a wooden train with very small windows. Her and her family were trapped in there with many other families who cried and shouted a lot, and she said that these train dreams were some of the worst. She dreamt of getting off the train with her mother, father, and sister, and standing on the train tracks whilst a a commotion happened around her. She and her mother and sister were then separated from her father. Sometimes during these dreams, she would wake up shouting the names of people that she'd never... Known nor met in her waking life. June tried to research some of the names and found that they were mostly Polish names. Just to reiterate, no one in her family spoke Polish at the time and she didn't live in a very multicultural area. We don't know where the names could have come from. She then dreamt of being extremely hungry, then of sharing an uncomfortable bunk bed with her mother and sister and never being able to sleep, even though she was technically asleep. This took a toll on her waking life as she was always exhausted and feared going to bed. This is all before turning 10 years old. I know that children have wild imaginations sometimes, but to everyone involved, this seemed like a very odd thing for a young child to invent. The dreams continued. At the age of 11, Darcy went to senior school. Here in her history class, a documentary on the Holocaust in Auschwitz was shown. Darcy had explained it to me herself that when seeing the images on the screen, a curtain of panic and upset dropped over her and she became hysterical. She was inconsolable and ran from the classroom, and she hadn't really learned anything about the Holocaust before, and the documentary had only been on for about five minutes before her distress became too much to handle. It was decided that it was best for her to sit out the rest of the class, and she sat outside for the remainder of the lesson, and contemplating in an utter confusion as to why she had gotten so upset so quickly. Shortly after this, at around the age of 12, she had the worst dream yet. In this dream, when she closed her eyes to sleep, she opened them to discover herself standing in a shallow pit. She would look up to see a man in uniform standing over her. I'm going to add another trigger warning here. Yeah. So, flip, skip forward 30 seconds if you if you would like. She looked up to see a man in uniform standing over her and a pistol aimed at the right side of her head. She would hear the shot go off and then she would wake up in a fit of terror. She had this dream continuously for years, her head aching for the last hour after waking up in the spot where she'd supposedly been shot. The dreams came and went and still sometimes happen nowadays, even though they are less often. We're 24 years old now. The strangest coincidence I'd found about her experiences is that something she hadn't realized herself until she told me the whole experience about a year ago. Whilst we were in college, she developed a great friendship with one of our tutors, Nick. They got along brilliantly and seemed to have the same kind of connection, not in a strange, inappropriate way. Bear in mind that whilst she was still plagued by these dreams, she hadn't told a soul about them in years for fear of other people's less accepting opinions. Then on a school trip one day, Nick and her had an unbelievable conversation. I know that this is a really weird question to ask you, Darcy, but do you believe in past lives? Nick had asked her. Take it aback slightly, Darcy wasn't too sure how to respond and didn't particularly want to disclose everything that she'd experienced herself. Um, I suppose I do. Why? It just feels like I've met you before, in a different life, I mean, Nick answered, and then added self-consciously. And I have these really weird dreams sometimes, which scare the shit out of me. Intrigued beyond belief, Darcy then asked what the dreams included, to which Nick replied, Well, it's just one dream, really, although my perspective changes. What do you mean? Darcy asked. Well, sometimes I'll be the man standing in the pit, and another man in an old uniform will shoot me in the head, and then I'll wake up with this huge headache— But more often, I'm the man in the uniform shooting someone in the head, but I can never see what they look like. She was stunned and lost for words as the whole topic scared her way too much and she only replied nonchalantly with a, "Huh, yeah, that's weird. And the conversation between them was over as other students walked over to them. After she told me the story, I then pointed out that it was a really strange thing for him to bring up considering he hadn't known about her dreams and also Nick's heritage. Nick had a very strong Scottish accent, so I couldn't blame her for forgetting this key piece of information, like the fact that Nick's last name was Wardzinski, a Polish name. I will never forget her face as she mulled over my words and then requested that we never speak of this topic again, and we have not since then. Well, I hope she doesn't listen to the podcast because she's going to be reminded of this all. Yeah, whoa. Moving on from that, I think it's time to tell you that she also lived in a house full of spirits, one that her family literally ran away from and refused to ever return to. They had moved into a standard three-bedroom, semi-detached house on the outskirts of East London shortly after the birth of Darcy's younger brother, Adam, not far from where we both live now. There was nothing distinct about that house, and it looked no different than all the other houses down the road. However, the house was entirely different to the other houses down that road. (laughs) Darcy was about eight at the time. The first occurrence they experienced was when Darcy and her mum, June, were present. They sat in the living room watching some daytime TV whilst the baby Adam slept upstairs. All was calm and fine until they both heard a whisper over the baby monitor. Darcy and June looked at each other as if to question if the other had heard exactly what they had, and they continued listening to see if anything else made a sound. They heard nothing. They put it down to static and continued watching the TV. Then, all of a sudden, a man's voice, clear as day, spoke over the baby monitor. "'Well, look at you!' Oh. And her brother began screaming. June was up the stairs in a shot and flung open the door to find no one in the room. Needless to say, the baby did not sleep alone in that room again. (laughs) On another occasion, June said that while she was sat at the dressing table in her bedroom brushing her hair in the mirror, a small girl who looked around six years old with blonde pigtails and a white dress with puffy shoulder sleeves crossed slowly behind her. She walked from the window to the bedroom door, which was closed. And startled, Juden spun around to confirm if what she'd seen was true, but there was no one in the room with her. Small things would happen as well, like things would go missing, lights flickering, turning on and off at night. Her dad turned from a solid skeptic to a full believer when the whole family witnessed a vase on the kitchen table lift a few inches, roll over in its levitated state, and then fall back onto the table, smashing into pieces. No. On another occasion, He saw a black-suited man standing motionless in their garden, staring through the kitchen window, who disappeared entirely when he threw open the back door to confront him. Wow. A year after moving in, they had a house party with all of their friends and family, and when Darcy's cousin and new boyfriend arrived at the door, she went to greet them. As soon as the new boyfriend reached the doorway, he stopped abruptly. His face twisted in discomfort and then dread, and he quickly apologized and then stammered out, said he could not come in. He was running from the house and back to their car her cousin, now uneasy herself, apologized profusely and then politely excused herself. She rang the next day to apologize again and explain that her boyfriend was very in touch with the paranormal, and he had, in fact, had three exorcisms performed on him throughout his lifetime. She said that he felt something in the house that he could just not expose himself to and decided that it was best to just leave as soon as possible. Obviously, her parents were extremely concerned, but were determined to make this place their home. Don't ask me why. (laughs) After that encounter, the hauntings ramped up a bit. They were freak accidents, nothing life-threatening, and smaller-scale happenings. I believe they were becoming desensitized to it all, until Darcy herself had a meeting with the little girl. She relayed to me how, after a quick trip to the toilet one day, she exited the bathroom, shut the door behind her, turned around, and saw a little girl with blonde pigtails and a white dress with puffy shoulder sleeves standing five feet in front of her. She said her skin was so pale it was almost translucent and her eyes were dark and sunken. Her face was expressionless and she made no sound. Darcy was frozen to the spot, unsure of what would be her best response. Should she sprint to her left and down the stairs to her parents? But what if she was chased? What if she didn't make it to the stairs in time? Or should she run to the right and into the room where she could shut the door? But what if the girl could just get in? She obviously didn't belong to this world. What would happen then? Her deliberations were pointless, though. And whilst she debated... The right move to make, the little girl's arm rose out in front of her as if to welcome Darcy into an embrace, and she ran. She ran straight at Darcy (gasps) along the hallway, her legs tripping slightly as if they hadn't been used properly in a long time. Her mouth fell open to let out a small groan, and Darcy saw no more. She closed her eyes. She screamed. Her arms coming up and over her head to protect herself from the oncoming entity, and her back hit the bathroom door, and behind her, she slid down the door to the floor, she continued screeching until hands grabbed her and forced her arms down from her protective stance. She was reluctant to open her eyes, but when she finally did, no little girl met her gaze, only her mum kneeling in front of her, alarmed by Darcy's emotional state and asking over and over what was wrong. Why was she screaming? It took Darcy a few hours to calm down after that particular run-in. Literally run-in. Run-in. Oh my god, that's
0: so scary! Oh. Whoa.
1: When Darcy was 12, her mother and her went to see a medium. Skeptical, as they were, to to the practice, they thought that they would give it a try to see what would come up, if anything. Was something attached to them, or was it the house? It was a group session at a friend's house with other people there that they'd never met before, and the medium was known by a friend of a friend of a friend. The evening ticked by without an incident. Nothing until Darcy felt unusual. She suddenly felt tingly and strange, and the medium abruptly stopped talking. She stared knowingly at Darcy like she knew the answer to a question that she hadn't even been asked yet and then gently said, Darcy, is there anything you'd like to say? Darcy puzzled, hesitated, and then said, I'm not sure, I feel strange. A silence settled over the group and the medium then added, tell us what you're feeling, smiling encouragingly. And at that moment, Darcy realized that the odd feeling she felt was the sensation of something tightening around her neck to the point that she felt like she couldn't breathe, even though she knew that she could and still very much was. Choking out her response, which Darcy had barely thought through, she replied, I feel like there's something around my neck. I feel like I can't breathe. She returned her gaze to the medium in a questioning way, and the woman sitting next to Darcy, who, had not met, who they had not met before, burst into tears, hysterical sobs which racked her whole body, that's him, she explained to, the one, to no one in particular. My husband, he died, by, he died by suicide last year. I knew he'd come. She continued to cry as the group gaped at Darcy, astonished. And the medium then took over, much to Darcy's relief, as she sat in wonder about what had just happened. Nothing was said about it, but just before Darcy and June left to go home, the medium caught them for a minute. And she didn't say very much, only to June, the house you and your family are living in, I, I don't think it's safe. Something to think about. And then to Darcy, smiled like an old wise friend. Mm -hmm. You have a gift. You can do so much more with it. And then she sent them on their way. The last straw was on a sunny summer day in 2007. June, with her young son, had gone to go pick up Darcy from school. They then went home to pick up a few clothes that they needed to return to the shopping center in town. Being that there were only a few things to retrieve, June left Darcy and Adam in the car and dashed inside quickly. While she was inside, Darcy glanced in the house and her blood went cold. Through the living room window, she said she saw two large black figures hunched over, dressed in what looked like long cloaks, pacing back and forth in the room, passing each other as they went.
0: Mm-mm. Fearing for her
1: mom's safety, she quickly fumbled for her mobile phone, called her again and again, not wanting to go anywhere near the house or leave her brother in the car. And June then came strolling out the front door, not a care in the world, shopping bags in hand, smile on her face, gesturing for Darcy to look over at the blue sky, shouting something about how lovely the day was. Oh! Darcy's eyes swept from her mom, walking towards the car, back to the two looming figures that were now standing stationary side by side, facing them all, and then back at her mom. When June finally made it to the car and got in, she asked Darcy why she had such a disturbed expression on her face, and Darcy pointed with a shaking hand to the window, and June followed her gaze. The smile caused by wonderful, rare weather was no longer on her mother's face. She gasped, and she held her breath as her eyes went wide. Seconds passed, and June whispered, Don't look at them. Don't look back. She then put the car in gear and drove straight to her own mother's house. And that is where they stayed until they found a new house to live. Whoa. They never went back. Ever. A removal company was hired to go pick up all of their belongings. (gasps) Something about seeing those figures caused such a strong reaction in June that she was adamant that they shouldn't ever drive down that road again. Whoa. Recently, they've done some research into the house and the surrounding area. The house is situated opposite a recently built strip of homes, and the land was previously part of a field owned by a farm that was behind it. During the war, at the height of the Blitz, East London was hit pretty hard. My friends and I used to play bikes in the bomb craters in the forest, literally down the road from this house. During the war, apparently this bomb landed on the barn, which was located on the field directly opposite Darcy's house. A young daughter of the farmer was in the barn at the time, and she perished in the fire. It's not known if she was ever found. Also, the previous owner of the house, who had died before they moved in, was a funeral director at a local funeral home. They couldn't find any other information, but a relevant profession for a man who apparently lived in an extremely haunted house for at least 40 years. Darcy's still extremely wary about speaking about things like this, and she told me that these stories are a huge degree of trepidation only only after I had shared with her all of my own experiences. I have her full permission to share these stories so long as they cannot be traced back to her. But we are both very sensitive to the paranormal and recently had an occurrence where we both heard long, loud knocking at the top of my car while I was driving down a dual carriageway at 60 miles per hour. We found no marks or anything on the side of the car after we stopped. Anyway, hope you enjoyed reading this and hopefully whoever's living in the house is now having a better time than they did. To finish us off, I'll quickly say that the scars of war are left all over London and the country, like many places around the world. And my aunt and uncle's house is no different. They have lived in their house for over 30 years And over time, they've come to discover a strong smell of burning that can be smelt on the same day every single year. And they looked into it. They discovered that their house was the only house on the road that hadn't been terribly damaged or completely flattened by one particular air raid on that date during the war. Strange, Oh, my gosh. Thank you for everything you girls do. You've brightened my gray London days more times than I can count. Hopefully, Mm -hmm. one day I can coincide one of my business trips to the U.S. with one of your shows. Much love. See you on the other side, Lindsay.
0: I don't even know where to begin. This is – I am flabbergasted. This poor – I mean, poor Darcy have gone through this her whole life. And she was so young when it started.
1: And I totally understand the fear and not wanting to talk about it because the more you talk about it, you risk opening yourself up. And obviously Darcy's super, super open to this and has experienced some terrible, horrible things. But at the same time, my selfish side of my brain is like, (laughs) can't Darcy and Lindsay please just start a podcast? Because I can (laughs) I can read this over and over and over again. This is terrible for her, amazing for us
0: to hear. It is one of those things where I'm like, clearly Darcy has an ability, Mm -hmm. I would say psychic medium ability, that I wonder if it would help her cope and maybe understand everything that she's been through in a different way. But then I'm also like, okay. Now, knowing this, the fact that she is very open to the paranormal world and as a psychic medium, I'm tempted to be like, well, and also knowing the house that they lived in, it's okay. Like, is it, are all her dreams and experiences a past life or is it a ghost who like
1: kept talking, communicating to her? You know, like it's hard to decipher exactly what it is. Yeah. It's also really strange. There's two things. One thing that's strange to me is that her friend, the one with Nick with the Scottish accent and the Polish last name, that he was switching in his dream between being the victim and the perpetrator, the executor. So I found that really fascinating. And then the other thing was that her dreams were in chronological order. So it makes me think of parallel timelines or just like wrinkles in time where what if in her dream she was actually – I mean, we don't understand time travel, right? But what if in her dream she was actually living out that other life? What if she has two – her soul is living two lives at once. Right. And she flips into that other timeline, which is back in the 40s in Poland.
0: But that is past lives, right? Because we could just say that, like, a past life could be happening at any time based on how timelines work. But it would still be a past life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. But I do I do think – okay, if it is a past life, I am curious if – because the last dream, the one where she was shot, which is so horrific, was when she was 12 years old. And that was, like, the last kind of dream. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, she had them over and over, but, like, that was the last moment of that life in a past life. And I do wonder if it coincided with, like, because she was 12 years old in this life – Maybe in that past life, she was 12 years old when she was killed. And so that's why it took so long for her to, like, see all those dreams is because it was, like, mm. when she turned 12 or when she was 12 years old. She started having the dreams, though, when
1: she was really young, though.
0: Right. But she never saw the last – she never saw the death oh. until she was 12. Mm.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like, another clue, another marker to be, like, this is exactly what happened to me or or to you, in your soul, sense. previously. Oh. Yeah. That's really interesting. That's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Also the those two shadows that are going back and forth, those two entities in the home, what really irks me, what really just like makes me mad but also terrified at the same time is that they went from pacing to then realizing that the kids were not coming inside and so just standing there and staring out. It makes me think <gasps> that they two uh. entities were getting ready to attach themselves to Darcy and her younger <gasps> brother. Oh, you have um, Bly Manor in your mind. Yes. Oh, God. I am ch- I really should have shut my shutters, closed my shutters before this. I'm just surrounded by dark it, yeah. windows. It is so fascinating that, like, that was the straw that broke the camel's
0: back, right? Because it was like a medium told them the house is not safe. They mm-hmm. had countless crazy experiences. I mean, Darcy, the ghost girl running directly at Darcy and, like. Oh, God, I almost forgot about that. That's. Horrifying. It's just horrifying experience after horrifying experience. And, like, some of them kind of were benign, like, you know, a man in the backyard or a, someone passing in a mirror behind you, which is still terrifying but more benign than something running directly at mm-hmm. you. It is interesting. I'm so curious from June's perspective, like, what it was about those two shadow figures in that exact moment that really set them off. The fact yeah. that they never returned back to the house, ever.
1: And how much more happened to June than she's saying, right? I'm sure she experienced way more that she was like, I'm not going to tell my kid because yeah. I don't want her to have the horror of it all and to be even more terrified than what she already is. And clearly, Darcy's extremely open. So even yeah. the psychic was like, "Hey, you have abilities, which with power comes risk."
0: Right. Right. Do you follow um, Chris Loves Julia on Instagram? No, I feel like you're very into that. It she's like a DIY home interior design person, so you would really like her. She posted – they're, like, moving – they're moving. And she posted this story about when they first moved into the house that they're moving out of, they had really, really terrifying ghost experiences. Oh. Her and her kids. And she, like, wouldn't talk about And she said – she's like, I won't talk about it because it's too scary and, like, too hard. It was, like, so traumatic for her and her kids that she doesn't – she wasn't, like, explicit with what happened, but they got the house cleansed and, and um, they did, like, two cleansings and it all stopped. But I'm wow. so curious what happened. And it is one of those things where the reason I bring it up is, like, buying a home and, you know, you walk through it a few times and, you know, you you don't really get to get experience the whole thing or know mm-hmm. what it's like until you actually move in and to, like, move in and find out that it's haunted with a plethora of spirits that are – I don't know, dangerous or scary, is a terrifying experience because
1: you just put all your, for a lot of people, your life savings into this house. And what can you do? Right. Like Darcy's family was lucky in that the grandmother lived nearby and was able to take yeah. them, willing and able and a safe place to take in the whole family. A lot of people don't have that choice. They're stuck. Yeah. At their are house poor. They can't go anywhere else. Oh, although right now if you have a haunted house that you do not want this is the best time to sell it because the market is so hot there is way (laughs) true so many more buyers than there are houses so this is your opportunity i mean you're gonna then put someone else is gonna buy your haunted house and they're gonna suffer through it but and then they have to find a house and deal with the competitive
0: market oh boy i am i feel like we haven't even unpacked all of this email but like it is truly a It's got. It has my mind going in circles.
1: Yeah. There's. Well. There's just so much to it. Yeah. They. I want a book to be written because I will read it, and I think that book will be three hundred pages.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. Just about her dreams of her past life alone Mm -hmm. could be a full book. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are we are manifesting that that uh, Darcy and (laughs) Lindsay together write a book. Okay. I have an email from Andrea. And it's called Hide and Seek Gone Wrong. Hey, this isn't exactly my story, but I thought all of you, including the studio ghost, would like to hear this tale. One day, me and my dad were on a drive to who knows where when the topic of ghosts arose. He didn't and still doesn't strike me as a believer, so I was surprised to hear that he had a paranormal experience. He told me once when he was around 10, him and his friends played a game of hide and seek in the cemetery nearby. Honestly, this already sounds like a very bad idea. He and his friend, who I'll call Mark, hid behind a rectangular grave and were trying to be very quiet so the seeker wouldn't find them. After what seemed like too long, the sun started to set, and my dad wanted to go back because he felt uneasy with being in a cemetery after dark. But Mark told him it was okay and they had nothing to worry about because it was a small town and the seeker would find them eventually. Then, in the corner of my dad's eye, he saw an eerie figure. He was startled to see what seemed to be a woman floating off the ground, with an ethereal glow. She was by a very big oak tree, not far from where him and his friend were hiding. He said he should have been scared, but wasn't because she seemed to mean no harm, and flashed him what he called a motherly smile before she disappeared right back into the old oak tree. He turned to Mark, who was staring at the same tree with a terrified expression on his face, and they both sprinted back to where their parents were dining. Apparently, the grown-up seemed unfazed as if seeing a ghost was a normal occurrence, but his other friends who were with the seeker told them that they went back early without them because they heard what they called laughing and partying from the woods by the cemetery my dad and Mark were hiding in. When they went to check it out, the fun sound stopped abruptly and everything fell disturbingly silent. Maybe the ghosts were having a party and the woman decided to
1: go back early, but they'll never really know. Wow. Ooh. You know, we we always talk about how it's as terrifying as experiencing something can be. There's something nice about having someone else alongside you to experience the same thing because you're validated in your experience. And then you also have an opportunity to decompress and make sense of what you just saw Mm -hmm. with someone else who has the same details and is matching your energy. And at least he had that. Yeah, (laughs) And it does sound like it happened so fast. Like it could have been so
0: easy for Mark to be looking off at a different direction and not seeing it, you know. But for them both to share that moment exactly and see the same exact thing is – wild. And I just, I do love the idea of ghosts in the cemetery having a party. I know. I know. That's nice. (laughs) But also the fact that all the other kids just left them out there. Like they didn't call them. They didn't be like, oh my gosh, you guys, game's over. There's ghosts, you know? It was just like, we're taking, we're taking off. Good luck, Mark and Andrea's dad. Yeah.
1: What the heck? (laughs) (laughs) Just leaving them. Oh, I mean, it wasn't cell phone time. So maybe they were just hoping that that they'd eventually... I know. But you could yell out loud. Yeah. Scream ghosts and run. That's some serious flight. A group of flights. It's also a good reminder that because so many of the paranormal experiences we talk about happen inside residences or buildings, that there's plenty of activity right out uh, on cemetery lands, on driveways, and parks, wherever, on the side of the road. Ghosts can be anywhere. It did sound like you said goats could be anywhere. Goats, goats could be anywhere. They're great at climbing.
0: Oh my gosh. Have I, I can't remember who I was talking to, but I think I was having like a general meeting and I was talking about our podcast and the person was like, oh, what's it about? And I said, ghosts. And he thought <laughs> I said goats. So for like, for like five minutes, he thought I had a podcast about goats. And finally I was like, he kept asking me questions. He like, how did you decide on that? And I kept, like, being like, well, you know, like, there aren't many podcasts about ghosts and, like, whatever, when, when we first started. And for the longest time, he thought I was talking about
1: goats. I mean, I'm sure someone who's an expert in goats could have a whole podcast series on him, but I'm curious to know what a podcast would but look like. I don't know about, like, about <laughs> goats. 300 episodes of, of goats. Wow. What a mix-up.
0: One episode, one day, I'll just come in with a, a bunch of information about goats.
1: You should switch it up. Switch it up. It's now a goat podcast. Here's the thing. Here's what's beautiful about this podcast. It's whatever we decide we want it to be. So if That's one day so we just say, you know, <laughs> we've had 300 episodes about ghosts. Let's talk about goats. We could do it. We could. We would definitely lose listeners. Um, And also, I think we would
0: piss off our ghost. Yes. And the name Two Girls, One Goat seems way more
1: inappropriate. Oh, God. No, no, no. We're, okay, Don't like Okay, nix that. that. Scratch it. We're not doing it. <laughs> yeah,
0: we're not that doing that. That idea is dead. <laughs> and we're back to the paranormal because that idea is dead and we're beyond
1: the grave so this is from anna hi spooky ladies i got a little story for y'all about a dream i had a few years back my sister is sensitive to spirits and even saw one when we were younger but that's her story to tell i've always been jealous of her sensitivity but i was listening to encounters 107 and realized that i'm sensitive too just in a different way my story is about my husband's cousin who i've met twice now We'll call him A. The first time that I met him, he was in my home state of Texas where his brother N lives. He was visiting from Colorado where he's from, and my husband and I live about 30 minutes from N, so we all decided we should get together and go to a main event, and this was all pre-COVID. A and I were introduced, and we exchanged pleasantries, but that was it. He was pretty reserved, pretty quiet, and I'm rather shy, so if someone doesn't strike up a conversation, I don't really talk around (laughs) new people. I get it. Me too. I stick mostly with my husband at main event. And we do some bowling, and I think N and A go play laser tag. And we all leave. I say bye to A. We all go our separate ways. And it's important to note that A and I don't talk. Fast forward a couple months, I have a very vivid dream. My husband and I were in Los Angeles helping A and his girlfriend move into a new apartment that was right on the beach. I still remember seeing A's face, talking to him, telling him that his new apartment was cool, and looking over at the ocean. A week later, my husband was talking to his mom on the phone. And when they hung up, he said, Looks like A moved to LA. I said, Yeah, I know. And he goes, How could you know? They just moved the other day. And that's when I realized that there was actually no way for me to have known that. I'm not close to A or N. And his move to LA was never mentioned to me because again, I barely <laughs> spoke to him when I met him. I don't I didn't even know he had a girlfriend. About a year after that, A comes back to Texas with his girlfriend, E, and I tell them about my dream, and his girlfriend said, what's even more weird is that our apartment is right on the beach. So even though my sister can see and feel all spirits, at least I can see the future. Thanks for reading, and see you on the other side. Anna.
0: Wow. Interesting. I'm curious, Anna, if any other experiences like this have happened to you, if you've dreamt about people. I mean, it's so fascinating because-
1: A Anna and A like never really talked. No, it was this like passing meeting. And also, not only was the location the the city and the proximity to the beach right. Her dream, slash premonition, included the girlfriend that she didn't even know existed. (gasps) So fascinating. Way too many details to get right in a dream.
0: Well, it's funny because then the first time Autumn met A, they had nothing to talk about. But then the second time. This is why she had the dream, so that they had something to talk about the next time they saw each other. Also, I kind of need to know,
1: Anna describes herself as a quiet, reserved, shyer person. So I need to know how how she went about saying, I dream of your real life. I see you (laughs) in my sleep.
0: (laughs) I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't like that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I just need to know.
0: Yeah. How do you start up a
1: conversation? Please tell me because I I know we never met, but I, when I fall asleep, I I see you and your girlfriend and you're in your home in Los Angeles by the beach. (laughs) And I
0: know every detail about it. Do you have a sign hanging up right next to your
1: fridge that says, I don't know, feed the cat? Feed the cat. You you know what you're making me think of now is what What? if it wasn't really a Premonition. What if she was actual projecting? (gasps) She was in their house. That's even weirder. (laughs) Okay, but here's the thing: because in her dream, she was helping them move in, true, and talking to them. So I'm wondering if she actual projected in when they were moving, and one of them was dreaming about the move (sighs) and had a dream that like she came and helped them, or and maybe maybe the girlfriend had the dream or something and didn't recognize her, recognize her because they hadn't met yet. So what if she just had some random dream and, and we'll never make the connection because she was probably dreaming about the move a lot because it's well, a Well, that's okay because we're making the connection for her. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's why they ended up talking. They met in the astral plane. Wow. Okay.
0: I have one last story. Okay. This is a story from Ray and it's called Mean Man. Hey, I'm Ray. I love your podcast and listen on my break most days. I have a handful of paranormal stories that you'd be interested in. I'm definitely not a person that actively sees or senses spirits, but I might be more sensitive than the average person. I have three stories to share, which are, in my belief, connected. I'll start with the fact that since childhood, I've suffered from insomnia. I had a best friend who was very in tune with spirits, like, when I say in tune, I mean little girl telling her parents that troops of dead people come and talk to her in her bed at night. (laughs) Her house was mega haunted by at least two spirits slash demons, a little girl and a man. 12 years of friendship and after these incidents, I never slept over or stayed past dark inside her house again. The first story, I was around 12 years old. When my friend was sleeping, I would go downstairs and sit in her dining room with lights on and read or entertain myself for the entirety of the night. Her house was old, the layout was a weird New England architecture and the basement door was in the dining area that I would sit in. It had a crowded closet-like kitchen immediately to the right of the basement door, a hallway, an upstairs stairwell on the left, and then the living room plus her brother's bedroom on the left of the hallway. That basement door had three locks on it. Apparently, a man died by suicide by hanging on that stairwell, and it constantly opened. You'd never hear it open, but you'd walk into the room, and it would just be open to pitch blackness. At like 12 or 1am, I heard the locks unlock themselves. And the door opened in a very rushed manner. When I looked up, startled, I made the mistake of looking into the basement and I blacked out. The next thing I remember is her older brother shaking me by the shoulders, asking if I'm OK. It was 7 a.m., and he found me standing literally inches from the top of the basement stairs, just blankly staring into the basement. And not responding.
1: Oh my god. And I'm just picturing she was there for like four hours. Ew, I know. And the, you know when you're just standing or you're sitting for too long and your body kind of does that natural little rock this back way. and forth, back and <gasps> forth, back and forth.
0: Oh, so scary. Her brother was really cool to me. And after that, when I would sleep over, he would sit with me and talk until morning. My second story is around the same age. I was 12. So even though her basement was hella terrifying, we all played in it all the time. But I just made sure to never be alone. Like, hide and seek was a buddy system game. LOL. One day, me and her are giggling, racing up the stairs, with me in front and her in tow, when, just as I reach the third step from the top, I feel myself legit lift and get tossed up into the dining room, and the door slam behind me, followed by my friend falling down the basement stairs. Oh! <gasps> I rushed to the door and opened it to see her crumpled and upset that I shut the door on her face. Oh, it's just so dangerous. She didn't believe me when I told her what happened, so I just apologized in order to placate her. My third story, again, age 12, about five of us are hanging out outside her duplex house on a picnic table in her side yard. It was dark and laid out, but we were just casually chatting. I don't remember who, but someone goes, look, someone's in the bathroom and we all point to her bathroom window that directly overlooks our spot to see the light go on and then off after a few moments. For some reason, another friend and I keep staring at the window. Then, just barely, I make out the silhouette of a black figure with ruby-red eyes staring at us. I asked if she saw it, and she did. We got the rest of the group to silently watch it too, and it wasn't wispy, but an absolutely solid form. It just felt incredibly malicious, and my chest started hurting. Her dad came home from work a few seconds later and purposely startled us, and we all screamed bloody murder and scattered into the night, lol. Hope you liked these. I have two far more terrifying stories revolving around that shadow, but it's not something I openly discuss often as it still haunts me to this day, and one of them is the number one reason why I stopped physically going to her house. I didn't sleep for days after it, but if you're interested, I'll share it with you on the promise you don't share it on the podcast. Have a great day and stay hydrated. Ray. Ray, if you would like to tell us
1: and you think it would be helpful for you to type out the story, please do. And we promise we won't do anything with it, but don't feel any pressure to share that with us if you aren't comfortable.
0: Yes. Don't feel pressured, but... We would absolutely love to hear.
1: Yeah. And we can just be your dear diary. Let it. Yeah. Let it out. A lot of you. That's a That's a call to everyone. You can just
0: treat us as your diary and you can say like, please don't read this on the podcast at the top of the email and we'll just read it to ourselves.
1: Yeah. And then you'll just know that it exists in someone else's mind and they're thinking of you and hoping yeah. the best. You're not alone. For you and your paranormal experiences. Yeah, But my goodness. My goodness. Her friend is the one that has the haunted house and yet. She's not telling her what happened because she didn't want to spook her (laughs) when the door slammed and she fell down the stairs. Right.
0: Ray did say what happened, but her friend didn't believe her. So it's so fascinating. True. So she's like, whatever. Which makes me think that Ray is the one having all the experiences at her friend's house and that her friend's not having it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, maybe her friend is just either closed off or isn't understanding what is happening, isn't making sense of the patterns and – Mm -hmm. And understanding that that's not just how normal homes work. Because she lives there. She doesn't have anything else to compare it to. Right. That's true.
0: But I can't believe – the staring into the basement is truly the most horrifying thing. Oh. It reminds me of that story we read a couple weeks ago about the doll and how, like, when the doll touched her, like, the listener who submitted it, she blacked out and, like, woke up on the floor
1: hours later. Oh, yes. Yes. And she was – Yes, the dolls had – because they would turn in the night. Yeah, what happened in that time? Oh, my gosh. Oh, God. Oh, God. These stories are getting scarier and scarier. And I love it. Love it. But also, this is so – I feel like Paranormal Activity is always a reference I'm going to make because it was one of the first horror movies that actually scared the shit out of me because it felt Mm -hmm. so real to my own experiences. Yeah. And it just – it's reminding me of that. It's a – just standing in one place and staring down at someone over the bed or, or walking it. away and just staring <sighs> up at the camera or the uh, corner.
0: I don't know. Whatever happened with that TikTok that we talked about a few weeks ago or a month ago with the Which little one? girl, the paranormal <gasps> one, Josh, whatever I don't it is, know. We need to
1: follow up on that. Oh, my gosh. Well, I'm not going to now because I'm actually – this is one of those nights I feel like every – Twenty thirty episodes we record there's one that scares the shit out of me and i'm not gonna be able to sleep and this is this is this one <laughs> i already turned the tv on in the background on mute i was gonna ask if you had something on because a light flashed on your face but yeah i turned it on 10 minutes ago because i was too scared and then we i didn't want to scare you but i'm glad it's the tv <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the tv because i was like i can't with these like dark surfaces around me i need i need something like bright and happier okay
0: well let's um close this out
1: so you can watch like shits creek or something. Okay. Well, I'm restarting Bob's burgers. I watched
0: <gasps> one episode one again
1: yesterday. So well, maybe I'll do that with you. Oh, please.
0: Okay. I freaking love Bob's burgers. <laughs> then this podcast will become two girls, one, Bob's one bur- burgers. One burger. <laughs> one burger. <laughs> eh, doesn't work as well.
1: Well, no, it's perfect. One burger because you're a vegetarian, so only I'll eat it. Okay, that's how that works. <laughs> so every episode you have to eat an er- eat a burger and I just watch. Wonderful.
0: Great. That sounds boring for me. I'm sad. <laughs> But anyway, please uh, entertain us and send us your ghost stories, any of your paranormal experiences, alien, Bigfoot, whatever it may be. Please send it to us. Uh, Email us at podcast at gmail.com.
1: You can also rate and review us on iTunes. That's huge. And let everybody else know about our podcast. And you can join social media. Our Facebook group is huge. So that's an important one to join. Uh, and then also we have other social media platforms. We have Instagram, which we post on Twitter. We read your tweets. And yeah. uh, TikTok, I will eventually get my shit together and post something. Something. And
0: thank you real quick to Brooke Foster and Eric Foster at Upfire Digital and your whole team for editing our
1: podcast. And we will see you on the other side. Very spooky.